0: This is Podco Media Networks.
1: Welcome back to Global Citizens. Thanks for joining us for part two of our discussion with Cordy Aziz. In part one, Cordy, a Sierra Leonean American, told us about how she came to be local in Accra and her impressions of the city and a primer on waste management. And now back to our conversation with Cordy. Tell us a little bit more about some of your programs. I know you have some wonderful partnerships with Dannon. Yeah, Dannon Ecofund mm-hmm, System. Mm-hmm. So we have a
0: variety of projects. Environment 360 is actually the implementing partner for a project called Picket, which is financed by the Known Ecosystem Fund and a private company here called Fan Milk. Mm-hmm. And essentially what it did is it launched the first waste picker-led sorting center in a crop. So we were actually able to work with the chief to donate some land to Environment 360. And then on that land, we were able to build a sorting center, which essentially services the immediate community and allows this area to bring in their recyclable waste and actually be paid for it. The waste pickers actually work together in a group, so they actually split the profits of the sorting Mm -hmm. center. Mm -hmm. Environment 360 provides the business development, the capacity training, as well as just does the overall support and supervision of the day-to-day running of the sorting center. It's also great because when you look at a lot of our projects as well, particularly this one, it's based in a coastal community. And you know marine litter is a huge issue Mm -hmm. right Right, now. Beaches are Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we also have another program with GIZ where we also work with informal sector workers in Jamestown and Old Fadama.
1: And GIZ is the German Development Corporation. Development Corporation,
0: right? So they're financed under the Business Ministry, Business and Economic mm-hmm. Ministry of Germany. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what they come in as they do, they provide money for pilot projects that really support. Fortunately, part of us, our strategy has always been to acquire certain infrastructure mm-hmm. that can always be used in the future. Sure, from sustainability. Right, exactly. Right, right. So you'll see that we just launched one collection center in Medina, mm-hmm. not too far from our head office. And as mentioned, we'll be doing the second one in Old fadama You also have a very striving school program as well. Mm-hmm. So we work with about 15,000 children In about 63 schools here in Accra. Fortunately, we actually just got some funding from UNDP, and we'll actually be creating a teacher academy, which really equips teachers to better bring environmental education into the classroom. So we're developing a variety of educational tools, games, workbooks, curriculums, that when teachers actually leave the academy, they'll actually be able to take into their school, and then they'll actually even be able to teach the other teachers.
1: Wow, they're at the right. school, how to use it. So Great the mom.
0: games and other things that you bring are not only necessarily for your classroom, mm-hmm. but they're for your entire school. Right. So we're really more focused on scaling mm-hmm. at this point. We opened up an office in Kumasi last year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So we'll be doing our second phase of expansion in Kumasi as well. So we've also developed a collection center there as well where we essentially purchase plastics from mm-hmm. we'll continue to do that and then hopefully in the near future we should be able to expand into something a little bit larger where we actually can sort of open up full-scale collection of a variety of materials and really aggregate in our own space
1: that's wonderful i want to take a step back because you mentioned that a chief donated land and so that project the picket program is what i would describe as a quintessential public-private partnership so you have your corporations, you have your chief. So just for our listeners, the way that land rights work, the chieftaincy basically has all of the land. So every tribe has a different chief that basically they are the controllers of the land. So anyone who's buying land in Ghana is buying land from a chief or a chieftaincy. So in this situation, the chief being a partner to exactly. improvement in the community, because we have some that are not. So this is a great boon and a model for other chiefs has decided, okay, we have space and we want this to be something that empowers our overall community. So this is progressive in that regard too, because we don't have a lot of chiefs who are donating land for public use. It's mostly for the empowerment of their own pockets or, I mean, to some extent their communities, but this is groundbreaking in that sense, I would say. I wanted to also ask a little bit more about what happens with the waste. Mm-hmm. That you pick or that you're collecting. Where does it go? Yeah, we actually sell everything here locally uh, oh, on okay. the local market. Great. Fortunately,
0: oh, okay. we've actually been blessed enough to really help support the build out of the plastic bottle purchasing market. Mm-hmm. When we first started collecting plastic bottles, Environment 360 was sort of the lone soldier, and the price was about 30 gana pesos, or let's say five cents. In the past, Is that years, per per, per kilo bottle per menu. kilo? Okay. In the past three to four years, since we've actually been doing this. It's actually gone up to $1CD, which is now about 20 cents per kilogram. We've seen a huge jump in the market. Mm -hmm. Now, I think since people see established collection systems coming up, I think that people are more willing to actually enter the market. So, we even anticipate that we are going to see buyers within the next year that even push it a little bit higher, and we might eventually even get up to about 50 cents per kilogram, which would be quite instrumental here, and really have a, an impact on the informal sector, which is typically
1: owned this particular practice. Sure. So 50 cents is the equivalent of two... About two, two cities, 50 pesos Two cities, so. right. So that's a more than 100% increase. So that's great. Yeah. Who are the buyers? Are they the bottlers? Okay. So our private sector is starting to get
0: on board. They have launched some initiatives My concern with the private sector is that they seem to fragment Mm -hmm. the market, Mm -hmm. so they seem to empower a lot of different smaller players, which I think is great because they get to say that, oh, we're supporting so many people, but unfortunately, the market is not large enough for you to support that many micro players. So essentially, all you're doing is fighting them to fight against each other, Mm -hmm. right? So you're just making it harder for them to do collection in their area. Because maybe somebody worked, they had a competitive edge, and now you've come in to support everybody, all of their competitors with the exact same thing. For you, you might think it's a win-win situation, but the thing is a lot of them are sort of locked because they don't have transportation, they don't have additional land. So even as you're empowering everybody, you're actually making it a little bit more difficult for them to make a livelihood. Mm -hmm. Because essentially, in a real business world, sort of the strongest make it. Right. Right. So it's not about just the fact that you're in it. It's about the fact that you have to be able to develop a business model that actually works. And it's very hard to do that as a private company Mm -hmm. when somebody comes along and starts offering you things to actually do collection or to actually further process. Then you get people that feel like since they have the machinery or since they have the support, they're just going to do it regardless. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it actually is really sort of fragmenting the market. And it's not really bringing the cohesion of the market mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. because ideally some of these smaller firms should probably be actually be joining hands right. with each other right so they shouldn't really be competing right with each other right you don't need five people in a 10 mile radius sure. or a 30 mile radius sure. what I do think has worked really well is that we have had some people that are already involved in industry so some people that are already involved in sort of the plastic industry here and making a plastic product, Mm -hmm. you see them being more interested in sourcing local material to help bring their costs down. So you actually have some of your long-term manufacturers that have been in the business 50 and 60 years Mm -hmm. that are now have interest in actually purchasing the materials. You also have people that have lived abroad, that have come back, Mm -hmm. that sort of see the opportunity in it as well. They also have moved into processing so it's only really processed, so it's probably maybe billed inflated, right, I see. Got it. But the actual like finished product is probably the P E T or plastic bottles are still being shipped out to Germany, mainly India, mm-hmm. Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the main markets that okay. you see the the plastic bottles
1: actually being shipped to. Particularly from this region. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I see. I see. So what would you see as a solution? You kind of hinted at it. It seems similar to the agriculture market where you would just kind of create co-ops. seems like what the solution would be. Yeah. Is that?
0: Exactly. I think that this actually does work. Even in our informal sector groups, we try to create co-ops. It is a little bit more difficult with the informal sector because you'll find since they're not highly educated, it's hard to trust. Right. But mind you, I feel like although this whole sector is informal. So even the people that are maybe the next level up from these waste pickers that maybe have a little bit more business sense, they actually sometimes don't have great business sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I often mention to people, you know, Environment 360, we use recycling memberships to subsidize sort of our costs on this. And then of course, because we're an NGO, we get program funding. But I see so many businesses popping up and me understanding the profit margin within the business. I actually don't know how they're sustaining because I don't understand how you put petrol in your vehicles, how you pay workers, how you have an office, how you keep the lights on. You're definitely running in debt, mm. whether you know it or not. Sure. So some people might consider because they want to go sell their plastic bottles today, they got 4,000 gallon they're thinking, oh, we earned 4,000 gallon today. But in real life, you're probably operating in debt. You just haven't realized it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said I think that it would be better if private sector actually stepped out, really waited to see mm-hmm. who some of the, the key players were mm-hmm. in the market, yeah. and then really put more support. Because I think it's very easy to mobilize four or five tons of plastic bottles once a month. But the thing is, can you consistently mobilize that? Yeah. Every single day. Sure right? That's the difference between somebody that's a formidable player and somebody that's just around sort of holding up the market, fragmenting,
1: taking away materials from other people. Sure. So this brings me to kind of a bit of a conundrum, (laughs) which is you have this program in schools where you're trying to teach young people how to be more environmentally focused, and then you have your business. So at some point, you hope that you, on the education side, put yourself out of business, I would think. I guess the question is, I know it's a long way off, but how do you see Ghana in particular, or the region in particular, moving away from having so much waste? And have you seen any significant changes in how much waste we're producing and the time that you've been in this? Business? Yeah, I think we have
0: to be realistic. The only plastic we'll probably ever get rid of is single-use plastic, mm-hmm. uh, which are the carrier bags hard plastic, plastic bottles, these things aren't going anywhere. Yeah. If they are, it'll be long after I'm dead in the grave. Sure. I don't think that it's a threat to really get away from those, so I still think that there's a good opportunity for a livelihood mm-hmm. for informal sector waste workers mm-hmm. to really be able to do that. Sure. I think one thing we do have to consider is that yes, ideally, we will live in a world that there's less waste, But I think that's also a whole human mindset. And I think that our culture, the way we are as humans, nothing about it really encourages minimalism. Mm -hmm. I think now you have a few groups that call themselves minimalists, that really focus on the fact that it's okay to have one pair of jeans and one t-shirt, but in a world where everybody is validated by social media and who's looking cool, and we don't have real connections with people, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where there's less waste. Uh, I think that there's something about the human ego that's Mm -hmm. just not set up to operate like that because we definitely equate what we have materially with who we are as individuals. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is a new phenomenon. I think that we, I believe in God. So I think that even when you read the Bible, you see these same things going on where people were so excited. This is it where they were so excited they were put into a certain position mm. or that they had gathered so much money and wealth that a certain sense of arrogance yeah. came about them. Right. So I think, once again, we as humans are predispositioned to really want more. Right. So I don't see it happening. Sure. Because even here, you'll see all Ghanaians complaining about it being dirty, but tell them not to take a plastic
1: bag. They'll act like, oh, so which will I carry? Is it right, like. Right, how will people know I've gotten something? You know, yeah, um, yeah. but it's easier for me. Sure. Oh, I don't
0: need, sure. me. I can't use a, another bag. They'll come up with a thousand and one yes. excuses, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that we're just not wired to create less waste. Sure. The reason we actually have a school program is more to create loyalty so that as you're coming okay. out, you remember that it's okay. environment 360 that right. came to your school and did these things. Sure. So as our recycling programs grow and there's options for you to become a
1: purchaser or a buyer. Right. You remember, and that's your memberships, right? This yeah.
0: is it. <laughs> you remember
1: that. Oh, I sure. remember I was part of this program. Let right. me like get a membership. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> which, is, which is business. <laughs> that's smart business. I hear you. So that leads us to our next segment, which is the mindset hack. You kind of you know mentioned mindset. So what is your favorite or innovative mindset hack? that you can imagine or that you know of? So for me, I think you have to
0: move as everything is possible. I'm reading this book now called Discerning the Voice of God, and it really talks about how humans develop certain strongholds, which are anxiety, doubt, fear. Mm -hmm. I think that you don't overthink things, right? I think that if you wanna be active, If you want to change things, if you want a new life, I think it requires a radical action. And I think that the longer you sit down and think about it and create a pros and cons list and look at all the things that could and couldn't go wrong, or you start seeking advice from others, I think this is actually where the downfall begins. I think people need to spend a little bit less time planning. That doesn't mean just... Make foolish decisions, but I think you need to be able to know when the iron is hot and to strike it. And I think that if you can successfully do that, then I think that you can radically shift your mind to be bold enough to really accomplish these things. But I think that if you want to make decisions only based on data and what you see and what others are telling you, then I think you'll probably miss out on some of the greatest opportunities that life will present to you.
1: Okay, so ultimately, you're saying, don't overthink and be less risk averse. This is it. This is it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like they say in the south:
1: scared money don't make money. (laughs) Wow, Cordy, it's been great talking to you. I mean, this has been so insightful. I mean, we've worked together, particularly on children's programs. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing more about that and maybe even collaborating in the future Definitely. on that. We still uh, use that, actually. I'm sure, <laughs> of course. Yeah, 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 We, I mean, yes. hopefully, you know, the sponsorship gods will come through yes. and, and give us more movement to, to produce more. So Cordy and I worked together on a superhero, an eco-hero, actually a group of eco-heroes, and it's Jakku and the Earth Defenders we created a pilot called Malaria Madness. And so that was a program that we did together where we went into a school in Jamestown on World Malaria Day and launched the initiative and, and really the kids were... They
0: loved it. They and really still did. Actually around malaria. It's one of these short films nice. that we show nice. in the schools. So it's still actually getting its use.
1: Yeah. So I'm sure you'll see our YouTube clicks rise. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that started as a workbook. This is it. Yeah. So then we just evolved it into an animation, which, I mean, I, I think it was great. It's yeah. Nice. It's good to hear. Yeah, and no? I'm sure, like you said, there'll be
0: other opportunities sure. um, to really expand it. But I think that this also shows the power of collaboration as well, which exactly. is what I was talking about in the market. Yeah, I think that that's really critical for your success and particularly this part of the yes. world as well. Yes, You definitely have to be willing to collaborate.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is the name of the game. That is for sure. So before we go, I want to get into just one question to ask you as a last thoughts. You already mentioned what you're reading. So let me ask you, what are you watching these days?
0: This is interesting because I feel like I always half-heartedly watch TV. and anyway.
1: <laughs> so well, like It could be social dating.
0: media. It could be films. Anything. Okay, so good question. As you know, I recently got married. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably am watching my husband closely. <laughs> uh!
1: watching him sure which is making sure we're on track exactly <laughs> I love it I
0: love it that's wonderful I actually have made a resolution I feel like I need to get back on the bandwagon with really being sort of keeping up more with trends really seeing what's going on in this ring space uh, one thing I can say which I'm sure you can relate to as well is sometimes you get so caught up in being the entrepreneur in the day-to-day running that like you sort of lose a piece of that professional development or personal development that you would get if you were working for someone else because it never seems like there's enough time. Mm -hmm. Like there's always a problem to solve. There's always something new. So this has actually been one of my things that I'm actually working on. I feel like it's definitely God telling me it's time Mm -hmm. because as you know, I'm also expecting my first child. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this will probably be a shift And sort of how I use my time, how Mm -hmm. I use my attention, Mm -hmm. and really see how I can continually improve myself. Because I do think it's become a little stagnant. That's why I said I feel like being the entrepreneur, I feel like my mind is always on my business. So even when I'm doing something, I'm really only Uh half-hearted there Right? Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. my full attention is never there because I'm sure. thinking about what needs to be done in the office tomorrow, mm-hmm. who's called me, somebody that said something that pissed me off today, <laughs> like the strategy I need to apply. Sure. Like, so everything I do is really sort of half-hearted because I probably yeah. spend so much time. Oh, um, you mean outside of work right this yeah. is it yeah so Department 360 is 150 percent of my time right. <laughs> right everything else is just like 10 percent. like I'm watching tv but I'm really like yeah so tomorrow I'm gonna call this person <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I feel you so I'm, I'm glad to hear that because for me work-life balance is so important so that you are conscious that you want to take a step back and and figure out how to invest in you. I love it. Like, I think that's great and this is perfect timing for that. So any last words or thoughts as we sign off? So I would just say for all my global citizens in
0: the world, I think the world is ripe now. Mm -hmm. I think particularly if you're based in the U.S., this is the time to really start looking for other opportunities, Mm -hmm. breaking some of those strongholds that you might have about why you can't do it Why you can't relocate. I think that really, if you look at the opportunities that are existing in different parts of the world, I think that it's almost foolish not to take opportunity of some of them. So I think that I really want to encourage people to really sort of dig down, see what it is that you really want, follow some of the instincts and callings and directions of the universe and really step into the calling. You know, we've got another 40 or 50 days, I think, of the, the decade here. Yeah, this
1: decade oh, is going. Yeah, 40, yeah, 50 days. Yeah. yeah. So 2020. I think this is
0: really a good time to evaluate mm-hmm. about what you're going to change, what you're going to do differently, and really not just think about locally. Sure. but Really open it up exactly. and see what's happening on a global aspect. Definitely the time is now. And if you
1: don't strike, you're definitely going to miss it. Thank you, Cordy. Very well said. This has been Glocal Citizens with Florence Adu. And this is the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset for those who want to do something in the world. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. As always, you can catch us at wwwglobal That's with the C citizenspod.com and wherever you find podcasts. Thanks again. Bye for now.